The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning, and as always, we stop any show like this and at the very beginning and have a moment of silence, and we'll do that. And uh, then uh, we also want to make sure all hearts are beating properly this morning, and so we'll do that. So right now, let's uh, stop for just a second, and we'll be right back to you after a minute break. Okay, and it's time to make sure all hearts are going, so we'll strike up the cadence. Hey, I feel all right now. Hey, I feel all right now. Do you feel like I do right now? Do you feel like I do right now? Motivated. Motivated. Rockstead. Rockstead. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can do it. I can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Hey, Okay, and it's time now for a veteran's place. And uh, we have a veteran on the line. He's the host of the show, and he is more than a veteran. He is uh, he has outdone himself working with veterans. And, oh, by the way, I want to thank all the veterans that are tuning in to this and our other veteran programs. Uh, Don, you had one in your chair the other day that had heard about you through America's Web Radio, and we're always glad to hear about that, and uh, we look forward to continuing to build our veteran relationships, and we're going to be adding a couple of new twists to the, uh, or new ingredients to the pie, and uh, that should be fun in the near future. So with that being said, let's talk to Dr. Don Muller not only is he a dental specialist and surgeon, but he's also an MD. And uh, he's got more, I don't know, your office must be gigantic just to, just to be able to hang all of your diplomas and all of your awards and all of your other credits. So with that, here's Don. Hey, Dave, thanks so much for the introduction. As always, uh want our listeners to know I started out as a uh, private, uh, non-OCS select kind of private. I spent three years as a real real soldier, enlisted soldier, and uh, learned the ropes from the bottom up. I did not start as a luxury officer uh, in the dental corps uh, and, and with a life of charm. I, I was out in the field. So I want all all veterans to know that. Uh, 
Today's show is going to be a little bit different. We have uh, some interesting news that, that we need to discuss and some potentially uh, good news, uh, but it has to be filtered through the VA system. Uh, the first thing I want to remind our veterans and first responders, and the first responders are the police, the firemen, the EMTs, the doctors and nurses in the emergency room, and all these people who go out every day uh, and not knowing what kind of trauma that they're going to uh, be involved in. And part of the we're going to discuss uh, about PTSD, do not confuse your PTSD, if you were a veteran, police officer, fireman, with the PTSD of someone who had a single experience. You have chronic PTSD, and chronic PTSD uh, it takes a, a much larger toll on our lives uh, than single event. That is in no way to trivialize single event PTSD, such as rape or bad auto accident. But we need to understand uh, that if you are having daily stress, and, and you know, going out being a police officer or a fireman, not knowing what you're up against, that takes its toll. And, and as a maxillofacial surgeon, I don't know what I'm going to see when I walk in the ER. And that, that, that's not like, you know, a job with a bookkeeper selling shoes. Not that those people don't have an important job, but uh, you know what? It, it's totally different. So I, I just want to start the show off letting you know, and especially new listeners, that uh, PTSD uh, is different. And, and so... If you think, hey, I've tried some of the happy smiling recommendations from, you know, that you can get online and they just don't seem to work. Well, you've got a different kind of PTSD. And I'm, there's some stuff in the news we're going to talk about, and I'm going to open with this. You're not alone. Operation Deep Dive uh, was done by the University of Alabama, and it involved uh, an in-depth look at PTSD suicides. And this program started in 2017 by a big grant, I believe, from Squibb Myers. Nice, generous people. I think it was around almost $3 million. Well, here are some facts. 114,000 veterans have taken their lives in the last 21 years. That's 114,000 veterans have taken their lives. That's a huge problem, and it's not going to be trivialized and made to seem, well, you know, there were 3 million people in the global war. That, that's immaterial. We're getting down to the fact that 114,000 veterans have, have died. Now, here's the problem. Operation Deep Dive may have discovered evidence that that number may be half of what it really should be. And my point here is that when you're having, and we'll just ballpark it, if it's half, something that's more than half reported, we've got a, maybe up to a quarter of a million veterans who kill themselves. Now, you would think that the VA would be like going nuts trying to get anybody and everybody who might possibly contribute to this battle uh, 
they, they would have them on all hands on deck. Well, I haven't done that. Now, the next interesting bit of news, and Dave, I want to congratulate uh, America's Web Radio. Uh, moral injury. Uh, yesterday in the news, the Veterans Affairs have funded a huge study to evaluate the effects of moral injury on our soldiers and veterans. And this also, we, we discussed, can affect firefighters and EMTs more than police. And why is that? Well, usually if a policeman has to draw his weapons, it's, his life is in mortal danger right then and there. You know, firemen have to rush into buildings and make judgment calls. And, Dave, you were an EMT, and and I, I was kind of a medic EMT back in the day before they had EMTs. And you have to make judgment calls. And those are, are, are tough. And, the, and, the, and our first responders in the emergency room uh, also have to make judgment calls. So wh- where am I going with this? Uh, the problems that we're talking about uh, do involve moral injury. Now, and I'm going to discuss it a little bit later, but I'm going to touch on it now. Uh, there, there are things that PTSD has done to the interpretation of boundaries, practice boundaries. To be more specific, uh, I've read some of the reports and editorials in some of the psychology papers, uh, or, or journals rather, that the battle is brewing between the atheists against the theologians. And the psychologists are, are fighting tooth and nail to prove that psychology can fix everything. And the theologians are kind of saying, you're not fixing moral injuries. And this is not to say that the psychologists, that there are psychologists, nice people, you know, with a theological bent, perhaps. But you have to understand that if you have PTSD, you're you're caught in, in a turf war. And there's a group that knows, and those are the psychologists, the atheist psychologists, and you know my beliefs on that, that uh, they know right now they're involved in a turf war, and they're very reluctant to give up any ground to theologians. Well, if you're an atheist, I guess uh, that's admitting defeat. So they're going to fight very hard. Who's caught in the middle? The veterans. Uh if you've read, and I invite you to look that up, uh, moral injury study in the VA, and then read about it, you will see the vitriolic language used. Uh, it's couched in eloquent words, obviously, but uh, they're going at each other. It's about uh, the equivalent of two neighbors who've had a long-standing hatred for each other, Uh and you, you, the, the neighborhood already knows what's going to happen. And I'm also going to touch briefly on uh, my work with oral health and PTSD. And there's a turf battle going on in that area, and it's over the definition of oral health. Now, it might seem trivial, but when you go to one end of the spectrum, which is drill and fill and clean your teeth, that's straight dentistry. But as you move on the line on that spectrum over to veterans with PTSD oral health problems, such as grinding your teeth and destroying your dentition due to your 
nightmares due to your upregulated nervous system to your jaw pain and other things, that involves medicine. And you need to know that a VA dentist, and you can read in regulation, VA regulation handbook, uh, 1130-01, I believe it's section 8, and it specifically says that if you think that your teeth grinding is caused by your PTSD, and, and underline this now, the VA dentist will be the one to determine whether or not you get dental care. And I don't need to remind our listeners, if you've been through a PTSD exam, I, I doubt that you ever had a thorough uh, dental exam as part of it, because that would be admitting. Uh, and I went through that exam, and I, I just I didn't tell them I was a dentist or a physician. I just sat there and didn't make any comment. No one ever asked me about headaches, nightmares, jaw pain, destroyed teeth. So what we're talking about here is at least 2 million, maybe more, veterans who are suffering from chronic headaches, nightmares, sleep disruptions, poor sleep, destroyed teeth. And they're led to believe by a VA dentist or the VA dental team that that has nothing to do with PTSD. Well, I want to assure you that it does. And my final comment will be I filed a formal IG complaint several weeks ago uh, to the VA Office of the Inspector General. And I listed no less than 30 direct complaints under gross mismanagement. Specifically, the things that I've been talking about on this program and many more. And the answer came back from an individual only using her first name and some kind of ID number that I didn't have a problem and I should really iron it out by talking to the managers of those the areas. Well, two things were wrong with that. If they read the my IG complaint, it had specific people I, that refused to talk to me about it. That's number one. And the second most egregious thing is I called the number in the letter, the email that said, call this number and they'll iron it out for you. Well, I called the number and I spoke to a supervisor and the supervisor said he didn't know why I was calling the number. And I said, well, let me shoot you the email. And he read it. And I read it back to him. I said, this they said to call you, and he goes, I don't know why they told you to call this office, because we don't handle it. Now, I'm just going to tell tell our listeners exactly what that is. That's playing keep away. Uh, it's a joke. Don, so I, on, yes. on that note, uh, let's take a break, and uh, it sounds like, I don't know, you're you're probably too young to remember this, but... As I was growing up, there used to be a game called Hot Potato. And uh, you'd, you'd take a potato and, and uh, toss it between a, a group of people, and uh, whoever got it, was that was the hot potato. And that's, that's what the VA has done with you. Anytime that you've addressed them, they, not my job. So anyway, we'll be back right after this. 
The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, we're back on... Veterans Place and with Dr. Don Moeller and uh, Don, you know, every show I learn something and also I find it so interesting and so are other veterans and I want to thank all the veterans that have passed on this show and, and our other shows and passed on to their buddies, their veteran friends about America's Web Radio we're becoming a, a well-known entity in veterans' lives, and a lot of that is due to our hosts like Dr. Don Moeller, Lieutenant Colonel Retired Philip Farsberg, and many others that we have on. So thank you, and thanks for passing on America's Web Radio to your friends and your veteran pals. So back to you, Don. Hey, thanks, Dave. And and I want you to jump in. You know, I want to say Dave uh, Dave was in the infantry and did all the training, and he's well aware of what soldiers go through because when you go through basic training, I guarantee you you're Mr. Nobody, and your introduction is the same whether in your Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine Corps, Coast Guard. Uh, you're taught that you're a member of a team. So I just want to now go back over uh, what we started talking about when I opened the thing, uh, the conversation. First of all, I want all the people listening and your loved ones, your family members, your significant others, and your friends, if you're listening, invite them to, that a combat veteran has a different kind of PTSD than most people have. And they, for some reason, and I don't, as a surgeon, I stand back from the PTSD, the entire situation, with with amazement because they're so reluctant to admit that. Now, I've had conversations with some of the top people in PTSD research, and they say it's a foregone conclusion now, those people would deny it. We also talked about uh, uh, some facts that you need to understand about your PTSD as, as a first responder, that you're pretty much played out. You, this isn't like, hey, I had this bad thing. Uh, you know, you, the, quali- the, the indications for having PTSD, you can have, you know, a significant loved one die unexpectedly. And that's not to trivialize that. But that's not the same as going out every day and putting on the fire suit or your, your, or your body armor if you're a policeman. So I went through and looked at some motivational uh, websites for how to, how to, uh, 
get through your PTSD. And we're going to talk about some of those in a moment. But I want I want you to know that there's there's just some spark, some small spark is necessary to start a fire in somebody who's played out. And Dave, you know you know what that is. I know what that is. Uh, the day to day grind, the day to day stress. Well, the happy motivational things suggest, and I and they're well meaning, but I don't. I don't want the listeners to think I must be doing something wrong because it's not working. We're going to talk about that real briefly as well. Now, we all are familiar, and I know you are, Dave, that term throwing in the towel. And who throws a towel in? Well, a lot of times the boxers, uh, I don't know if they, the boxer himself tells them to throw the towel in or whether the coach throws the towel in. But it doesn't really matter because first responders, and, and I'm going to refer to everybody, including the vets, as first responders because the vets are first responders to a war zone. If some one of your buddies throws the towel in for you, that's not an insult. And I'll tell you why. Because if you're so jacked up from getting pounded that one of your buddies says, look, we got to talk, you can't take that as an insult. And I... And, and I, I came up with this walking my dog this morning, and I thought, you know what? What distinguishes veterans, cops, firemen, EMTs? Those people are like brothers and sisters to you because you honor their life more than you do your own. And that's true. Uh, don't you think, Dave, guys would go rescue somebody else with more effort than they try and save their them than them, them, them themselves, well, uh, and I, I know that from some of my medic buddies. I think the Bible says it very well: "No greater love hath man than to lay down his life for a friend." Right, and so we're not going to talk about what I think the one a spark that may be available to get veterans with PTSD, severe PTSD, is that. You know, we all have friends that we lost, and those guys paid up front for our today. You owe it to them. You owe it to your friend not to kill yourself. Okay? Now, our first responder vets are strong people, and you're dealing with big problems. And then, and we've gone over it in this show that deal with <clears throat> physical, mental and spiritual domains. And this recent admission by the VA for this study in the spiritual domains pretty much sums up what we have been saying, Dave, on this program now for at least half a year, almost maybe a year, I don't know. You see, what we told our listeners is actually coming to fruition. The spiritual side of this is critical. So you're getting a problem, a disorder, PTSD, which is hitting your physical, mental, and spiritual domains. If you get break your arm, nobody's out to get you. There's there's no there's no that's it. You get it fixed and uh you know, I broke my arm doing a karate move one time and that had not, nothing but 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 broken arm. No baggage. So you have to understand that that is a 
first responder veteran, you're going to have, you're up against an enemy. Now, in World War II, they had a lot of these troop training things that said you need to know your enemy. And that's critical. You need to know who your enemy is and how that enemy thinks. Now, one thing I've actually told psychologist friends, I said, you do know that the people you're treating are most likely much stronger than you could ever imagine being. I've treated rangers, special ops people, Navy SEALs. And when they were in my chair in their, in their weakened state, at no time did I think that at any time I could ever match their dedication and strength. And you see, as a as a healthcare provider, when when I have and I treat my PTSD patients for their nightmares and headaches, at no time, at no time, do I ever think that on a level playing field on their bet on their best day, I could do any come near any anywhere near their capability and the amount of dedication they had to doing their job, and so. You need to understand when you're going in for care that the people giving you insight on how to solve your problem, uh, I hopefully they understand that their patients are incredible people, and this includes males and females and whoever. Okay, these people are heroes. You're treating a hero, and so you can never forget that. So... Where am I going with this? We're going to start mentioning a few things that you might want to consider uh, to help you through. But the main thing is, is you've got to understand, you've got to find a little spark, something to help you get going. And, and for me, uh, I had a friend, a medic, who got a Distinguished Service Award after his Silver Star and, and Dave, I want you to know I didn't say won a Medal of Honor. Or, you don't win those awards. They're awarded. And people, I don't know, use that term. Oh, well, it drives me crazy when I hear that. Uh, yeah. And, you know, you hear a these Medal guys. Of Honor, no. Go, yeah. Yeah. It, but what's going on, you have a lot of negativity when you have PTSD. Well, part of that is you've been hit physically, mentally, and spiritually. That's the worst. And so one guy suggests that you visualize, visualize positive outcomes. Well, I, I have my own thoughts. And, and part of it is I recommend, and, and because this is doable, you, you use, you, you develop Skills, and we've talked about this, that you need to, to practice your skills. What are you going to do? First of all, and, I, and I'm going to do this because it applies to first responders, veterans as well, you, you have to set targets up, and you have to establish your field of fire. You know, if you attack a group of untrained civilians with a horde of people, it's, it's going to be chaos because most likely the civilians untrained are going to be shooting at the easy targets. Well, Dave, you know from the infantry, you have your field of fire. 
And a couple things. One, that's all you worry about is your field of fire. Your buddy is worrying about his field of fire. That way you're not wasting ammo. Well, when you have chronic PTSD, you have to, you have to get a target. Your brain only works when you give it a target. And you've got to give your brain a small positive target. Now this sounds like hokey stuff and I'm, remember I'm talking to the heroes. You get up in the morning, you're already done. You said, I'm tired, why go through the day? Well, I actually read, God, he said, make your bed. Well, I almost laughed until Admiral McCracken, who was a Navy SEAL, and not only that, he, apparently he was doing missions when he was an admiral. I was a no-no, but nevertheless, he said, make your bed. Well, I modified that. I don't care how you make it. Just pull the covers up and over your bed and get out. You've now developed some control over your environment. The night before, set out your oatmeal or whatever you're going to have or your coffee. You see, what happens is when you're too tired to think, you need little victories. You need to take control of the environment. Now, for a hero, you need to get a positive experience. You're not going to make one giant sweeping change and all of a sudden it's going to be fixed. You know, it just PTSD, chronic PTSD doesn't work that way. You need to plan for a small series of steps. There's a guy on YouTube, world-renowned uh, psychologist, a tough guy, good guy. And he says, look, don't tell your uh, psychologist or me, he said that it's too complex. Everything that you during, do during the day can be broken down into simple, successful steps. And that's what you have to do. You have to say, look, I'm not going to decide what I'm having for breakfast. I'm going to already have it laid out. I'm not going to make the decision what to wear. Hey, when I get up in the morning personally, I have my shorts and T-shirt that I put on. I don't think until I start writing hate letters to the VA, okay? And you, and you probably get up early anyway because you're – so what am I saying? Set a small positive improvement goal. Oh. They also know that getting outside and exercising is important. Now, here's here's what's what's how your brain works. First of all, you have to give it a target. I don't care what it is; it's got to be a target. If you give it the target of sitting around and worrying, that's what it's going to do, and it's going to do well. So, what do you do? You get up. You don't have to think. You have your breakfast, your coffee, whatever. Then you say, I'm going outside. Get outside of your house. It's hot. I don't care if it's hot. You're a hero. You've been in hotter places. And why do you do this? Here's something people don't understand from a neuroscience. And this was a, I got this from a neuroscience website. When you put your body into motion doing something, it blocks out other activities and concentrates on that. If you concentrate on observing nature or going for a walk on the street, Motion, you've always heard, motion is lotion. Well, motion is intellectual uh, relief from worry. Why do I say that? When you start, first you do something and your mind will follow. Now, there are guys on on the radio, their language is pretty salty. Uh, Jocko Willis, a Navy SEAL, and David Goggins. Uh, I don't recommend it for the ladies, but the guys, we've heard it all. Well, you know what? 
they're big proponents of that. Get your buns in gear. Get out and do something. You don't have, I hate lifting my weights. A lot of times I walk into, quote, my little gym, and I just said, I'm just going to do one, five reps of each thing. Well, and Jocko Willis and David Goggins say, you'll find out you'll probably stay for the whole workout. Don, so let's review. Have to Go let ahead, people Dave. think about that and take a break. You're listening to America's Web Radio, Dr. Don Moeller and a veteran's place. We'll be back right after this. Veteran-owned, America's Web Radio would like to thank all of our incredible patrons. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you are not already a patron, you can help us continue to produce some of the most informative and entertaining shows on the Internet by becoming a patron. Patrons of America's Web Radio are the first to receive information about new shows and links to the latest podcast episodes. Join now and receive a free gift while supplies last. For more information and to join our family, please visit www.patreon.com slash America's Web Radio. If you have questions, contact us at gm at americaswebradio.com. And as always, thank you for listening. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, Don, you know, what you've been talking about reminds me of the old saying, and I think this holds true with, with what you're talking about in PTSD. Uh, you know the old saying, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a <laughs> yeah. time. And I, from what I'm hearing from you, that's exactly what you do with PTSD. You're not going to take a bite out of something that uh, is a big enough bite that it's cured overnight. You have to do it one small bite at a time. Am I off base? Yeah, yeah, D- Dave, that's critical. And the reason I like to talk about neuroscience, people are so convinced that your mind has to first engage. It's not true. If you just get up in the morning, and, and just think about it, you get out of bed, you may be living alone. You already have your clothes laid out. What, a T-shirt, underwear, and some shorts, flip-flops. That's all you need to start your day. You already got your coffee laid out, your, your orange juice, whatever. You got I got oatmeal. I mean, my cholesterol's up, so, hey, it's a bag of instant oatmeal. You're already fed. Boom. You walk outside. You know what? You've just scored five positive experiences that you can do it. Because our vets got to understand, this is nothing compared to the way we were treated when we got drafted. I mean, that was an eye-opener. I was a disoriented college kid. thought the world revolved around academics and me. And and thanks to Sergeant Rodriguez, I I got my, my goals modified. What I'm saying is the veterans and first responders have already been through the discipline training. You know what it's like. For a civilian, I can't speak to that. You know, if they were an athlete or something like that. But for a veteran, look, you know how to do it. Take small steps. First, identify your target. Don't make it a big target. Shoot the guys closest to your foxhole. That's just, 
and also don't worry about somebody else's uh, field of fire. That's not your job. As a matter of fact, that's counterproductive. That's very counterproductive because you automatically are losing the battle if people want a piece of your field of fire. You just worry about what your field of fire is. You need to, and, and I, also you need to start patting yourself on the back. You've got to get small, obtainable goals. Do not, do not set yourself up for failure. Say, look, I plan to just get out of bed, eat, and take a walk. Well, hey, if you're an airborne ranger, that's a joke for you. But you have to trust me that that's going to start to make a difference. The next thing you have to do is you have to, and this is not garbage. I mean, I would not waste my time talking to, to soldiers about motivation. Come on, Doc, get out and do it. Well, you know, I have to work in an air-conditioned office. I, I'd, I'd run that five, ten miles with you guys, but I have patience. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that mortars, you know, I, they're kind of my hobby. I made one out of pipes. But if you learn what mortars are, no one expects, nobody in the infantry or anybody who's watched them, you do not expect to hit your target the first time you fire a 155 shell or, uh, or a mortar. And I like mortars because they're company level. But the first round is to adjust fire. Now, when you're trying to fix PTSD, look, you got to throw a round out someplace to register where it landed and make adjustments. And that's what you have to do with PTSD. There are no failures. Mortars do not miss their targets because the first time you fire it, you're not even close. It's not expected to be close. Now, I know about the firing tables, but this is an analogy. Give me a break, infantry guys. What's going on is you're getting around out there, so you got your firing sticks, and you can adjust you can adjust your range, okay? Then you've got a deadly weapon. Well, that's the same with PTSD. You've got to start with a with a decent breakfast and getting out of bed before you have to make a single decision, okay? So once you you watch the guys when they're doing fire for effect, the thinking is over. That's rehearsed. They're hanging rounds and dropping them. And good luck on the other end. And then they may send 20 rounds downrange. That's how you have to fight your PTSD, including for your friends. You have to. There are no failures in your successes. You're simply getting, you're ranging your target. When you say, hey, I had trouble getting out of bed, well, then hell, roll out and fall on your face. That will motivate you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Correct the situation there. Why? Because it's a small thing to fix at that level. Hey, I don't like Moeller's oatmeal. Okay, get some freaking yogurt with fruit in it and solve the problem. The reason this is critical and why I suggest small step is because you can turn it into a success with no big changes. Take the oatmeal. I don't like oatmeal. I don't know where to get it. A couple phone calls, you will find out where to get it. If you tell your brain, we need to have breakfast made, then your brain will work on that problem. But if you keep worrying about it, nothing will happen. Make small changes because they're easy to make and immediately implement. Now, the main thing is, is when you get up, 
you have to feel in control of the situation. See, that's what happens in PTSD. Getting control of the situation is an impression that you have when you have PTSD. You need to feel productive and motivated. How do you do it? Hey, I've already eaten. I'm on a walk. When you take your body for a walk, now think about what I said. When you take your body for a walk, your body will thank you for it. The walk will change your attitude. Now, this is not even uh, questionable. There is plenty of evidence that when you get out and walk and exercise or take a walk in the park, uh, that can fight depression as much and in many cases as much as medication. So you don't go do a 10-mile hike just once around the block, half a block. The main thing is is you start your routine. I'm talking to the heroes here. This is something you can you can do. This is a cakewalk. Uh, Dave, you know what a cakewalk is? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I always heard that. It's a cakewalk. I'm, I'm sure the next generation doesn't need to know what it is. It's, it's pretty. Look it up on Google. Okay. So to remember, a Navy SEAL, Admiral McRae, said, make your bed. You know what that does? That's closure. Sleep time is over. Pull the covers over don't tuck them in. I'm not a seal. I'm just saying, get out of your bed and and and, and do that. Okay. So we're going to talk a cup about a couple other things uh, here that, that we need to go off. Uh, you you need to start new behaviors. Okay. Uh, you have to increase positive input to your brain. Now, what does that mean? Go out and win a Nobel Prize? No, it doesn't mean that. Does that mean make it the Olympic team? No. When you got PTSD, your brain will start to work with positive experiences. Your brain doesn't care what the size of the positive experience is. It cares that you have a positive experience. So you plan small events. It may be simply going for a walk. You can do that. You can find a place to walk. You can walk in a mall if you're an older vet. But the thing is, from a neuroscience standpoint, you need to load your brain with positive experiences, okay? Jocko Willick, and again, they're salty language guys, but hey, I'm not a SEAL, that he said the average of five people you hang around with is who you're going to become, okay? Now, we talked about your friends, and we also said veterans make great friends, but you have to understand if your veterans are full of negative energy, and I'm not going there, I'm just using that term, you look the average five people that you hang with on a regular basis, that's what you're going to become. And that's right out of the mouth of either David Goggins or Jocko Willink. Okay? Look them up. Again, that's their statement, and I have to tend to agree with it. You have to get around positive people, all right? So social support, we've talked about that. That's not as easy as it seems. That's why veterans are good, make good friends and people you want to contact because, simply because they understand what, you, what you, you've been through, okay? Again, I want to review action before motivation. That's right out of the neuroscience book. 
action. Be, and I'm not going to get into how that works in your brain because it's it's complex, but it does work. And look, here's what I tell myself. Go through the motions. I didn't say you had to enjoy it. And, you know, I learned that doing exercises when I was enlisted. I, I was not a guy that used to exercise. So I just went through the motions. The next thing you know, well, hey. And, you know, Dave, I don't know if you had to do the obstacle course when you <laughs> were in, uh, if they had. Now, we had our training, but I'll never forget the moment that I was doing an obstacle course. And remember, I was a biology kind of guy, college guy. I was simply running at an objective, an obstacle. And on the way I was running, I said, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. I have no idea what I'm going to do next. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was kind of the grab the rope and swing over the mud pond. <laughs> now, remember, I'm, I'm an academic guy. And I remember I, I started laughing at myself when I'm running. 19-year-old kid. I grabbed the thing, and the next thing I know, I was over that mud pond. I had no idea how that happened. Now, I want to share that with the heroes. And they're not taking my advice, but you remember back running it impossible, impossible things, and you did them. And you've got it, and you can dig deep, and you can do it again. You know, Now is, you've got... Go ahead, Dave. This is what I've said about the military, and, and particularly on um, remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm. You know, we've got a military that's, what, 240 years old, something like that? Yeah. And they've been in training for 240 years. And every, not every morning, but many times I'll have a, and you you said it a minute ago, I'll have a flashback on, uh, you know, now I understand why we did that. Now I understand why we did the swing over the muddy pond or why we climbed that rope ladder or why we yeah. did something. And at the time, I thought, this is stupid. Why are we doing something as stupid as this? And it's and the military can answer it because they've been working at it and they've been fine tuning their training for 240 years. And I respect the military. I, I can only address the army. I can't address. The, I wasn't in the navy or Marines. But the Marines took one look at me and laughed. So I. I got upset and walked away. No, I didn't even try the Marines. I knew I couldn't. I wasn't. I wasn't going to be a Marine. But you know, it's it's just uh, something you know you you really have to do. And I didn't realize, but we're basically out of time. We're going to have to take another break. So with that being said, we'll let people think about how. The Army has fine-tuned their training, and there's a reason for everything in the Army. So we'll be back to Dr. Don and a veteran's place right after this message. In 2009, the membership organization Docs for Patient Care was founded. People all around the country wanted to participate in the efforts of this group, and they wanted to join, but they were unable to do so unless they were physicians. It's for this reason that the Docs for Patient Care Foundation was created. Now, everyone can join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors 
for patients dedicated to fighting for your healthcare freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. While you're at your computer, please go to www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org and make a tax-deductible donation and join the fight along with us. Thank you. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, and we're back. And uh, Don, would you would you say that uh, the military has fine tuned their training to the point that uh, you know you may you may have just gotten the order to hit it, and that means fall on your face right in the middle of the dirt pond or whatever it is. But there's a reason for it, and there's a reason that. Uh, you know, the first few weeks, there's nothing but a bunch of bald heads in your company. And there's a reason for it. And that's the you know, same, same thing Dave, that you're talking about. Yeah, and I've, I have, uh, I, I got some, about seven things I want to just say. And I don't know, you're always on target. Tell me if <laughs> there's somebody else, I don't know where I got these, but... Number one, live in the moment. You don't need any past thoughts. You know, when you're singing a cadence, your job is to finish the run. Your job is to sing loud enough so that the DI doesn't drop you for push-ups. The next thing, give full attention to the present. I don't care what Cicero said. I don't care what Archimedes thought. I care that I know how to clear my weapon and get the next shot down, down range. Why, why do you think they exercised us? Exercise counters depression. You take a bunch of silly billions and put them in formation, uh, they're going to get depressed like little sheep. Don't worry about it. We're going to exercise them. You're just so glad when the exercise is over. They also taught us savor small successes. You know, I, I wasn't able to do too many push-ups by the time I left basic training. We all were good at it. You know, <laughs> if we were just, right? It's sort of like... Uh... I don't know if if you experienced the horizontal ladder or not, but yes. uh, going through infantry and um, my uh, initial basic training was they treat you like a dog. And they say, okay, when you get through from one end to the next end of the horizontal ladder, you can go eat. And that's your reward. And if you yeah. don't make it, you go back to the end of the line and try it again. And ultimately, they let you eat, whether you make it or not. But ultimately, you decide, you know, it's a lot easier if I make it the first time, and then I can go eat than to keep repeating myself. You know, Dave, that's, I remember uh, if you, I think there were 34 rungs. But I remember the heavy duties. It fell off. They stood at attention. The DI walked up with two carrots, two pieces of celery, and a dried hamburger uh, meat. And you <laughs> fell out and sat under a tree. 
And I had dinner, or lunch, whatever it was, with this guy, Doug, I'll call him, the last week. And I said, Doug, the last week of training, I said, where were you, buddy? He said, you know, he says, I've been trying to lose weight my whole life. This is the first time I've been in the mess hall in eight weeks. And you know what? He was happy. And this is what I'm telling our heroes. you got to keep it simple. you got to understand that you've got a big problem, but you can get big help for it. And now we're going to just drift over to the moral injury. We'll talk more about that later. But I want to I want to say what we have been talking about on uh, America's Web Radio and A Veteran's Place. You can read about it in the news. It was on yesterday, just put Veterans Moral Injury Study. They have admitted that there is a difference. And I will tell you, trying to get a study through the VA is gruesome. And they would have not allowed this study if it didn't have a significant need and, and an expectation. I want to also talk about Harold Koenig, Dr. Harold Koenig over there in Duke University, K-O-N-K-O-E-N-I-G, a psychiatrist, and he, he actually went to nursing school. A guy's just full of talent. He started like I did, uh, like we did, Dave. I think he was even an EMT. But here's the deal. You have to understand there's a lot of help out there. Rely on your buddies. Rely on your wife, your family. And, and and I want to leave everybody with this thought. We had a lot of friends that did come home. They paid for your ticket to live today. You had a ticket to ride because of them. Use it. What do you think, Dave? Absolutely. And, you know, it's... Um... Somebody that hadn't served really has no idea what that other individual has gone through. And um, I've been very fortunate with uh, friends that said, you know, I could have never been a reservist because you're you're sitting there, you never know when you're going to be called up. And I never looked at it that way. I I was a reservist, and I never woke up every morning and got out of bed saying, I wonder if today I'm going to be called up. But I was there and available just like all the rest of the reservists, and what we have today for the military is reservists that have been called up. And I just pray that Everybody, veterans that have been there, done that, know what it's all about. And the people that have never been there don't know what it's all about. But will give anybody that's worn a uniform the respect they deserve because they've helped kept or keep all of us free. And they did it during wartime. They've done it during peacetime. And... I love our veterans, and we're going to continue to support them any and every way that we can. And what you're doing, you know, one last thing, last comment I'm going to make is that the thing that we've sort of talked about in the past, Don, is the fact that any way you hack it, PTSD is a walking time bomb 
And, you know, it's like you talking about the heroes. I would venture to say 99.9% of the people that you and I would consider heroes would be the first to say, I'm not a hero. I just did what I had to do at the time. That didn't make me a hero. I just did what I had to do. And then, you know, a year later, two years later, ten years later, that hero has PTSD that has decided to show its ugly face. And it, you know, sometimes I think people, and again, please correct me, but I think they think that PTSD has to be an instant player, and it's not. It can it can show its ugly face two weeks after you're out of the situation or 20 years after you're out of that situation. The mind is a funny thing, and you don't know when it's going to come back to to bite you in the tail. Yeah, Dave, that's critical. When guys retire, as in around 60, uh, and you don't have work to go to, and you don't have a full schedule, your brain drifts back to what you saw. Absolutely right, Dave. And this part of our program here is to let people know why. how many guys listening and gals were ever briefed before you got out that you might have PTSD in it. We were never told that. I don't even think the soldiers today, the, my patients, the hundreds and hundreds of, not one of them ever related. Number one, about having PTSD occur later, and number two, being talk about moral injuries might occur. They were astounded. They looked at me like, why weren't we told? We're not here to come down on our military establishment. But golly gee, uh, why don't they start? Why don't they? Why don't they change? Why don't they start today and change? And so, you know, Dave, I think we're about out of time. And uh, I want to thank you again for the opportunity to talk to our veterans. Well, we we do have a, a couple of minutes left, and uh, Brett hadn't rushed in to give me the high sign to get off the air. So, you know, I just want to recap that how important it is because of the subject that. Dr. Don addresses to tell your buddies, tell your veteran friends about America's Web Radio and that this is a show you should listen to. Remembering, I, I'm appalled at the fact that we have to do a show called Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm because people have already forgotten what that was about. And we should, in my opinion... I don't care if it was a hundred-hour war or a one-man war. We should never forget our veterans, no matter where they are, what they did. And Brett has just walked into the room, which means that we need to shut her down. And, uh, Don, I want to thank you for all that you do for veterans. And... Thank you for doing the show on America's Web Radio. Out here. <laughs> okay. We will, <laughs> we'll be back next week with more of Dr. Don Moeller and talking about PTSD. So, we'll talk to you next week. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. 
You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.